Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians, the sixth chapter. A very famous passage of scripture. Uh, we'll look at it together. We're going to start in verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Stop there for a moment. Look at me for here, just a second. How many of you have heard this used as a warning to your children, to your grandchildren? Maybe somebody uses a warning. How many of you heard this used as a warning? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I want to point out to you that the Apostle Paul, while that is true, and he's going to go on to say that it is true for bad things, he's actually using this as an encouragement, not as a club. And uh, so let's go on, I'll prove it to you. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting. And then in verse 9 he says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. If we faint not. Guess what? The Apostle Paul is saying, you actually want to reap. It's not the negative that is the focus of this passage. It is the positive that God wants to pour out his blessing upon us. And we should want God's blessing. We should want to get to that place of reaping. And the Apostle Paul has written this as an encouragement to bring us to the point of reaping. Verse 10 says, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. God, we pray that your blessings would be upon your word as we study it together today, that you would challenge us with it, that you would encourage us, that you would help us to look forward to what you have in store for us. And Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, I have not, no, that's not true. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, um, help me somebody. Somebody's turning there. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, right? So the point of that verse is that, you know, our imagination is not any place close to what God wants to do. The other verse, I can't remember where it's at that I started to quote, uh, is I had not seen, neither ear heard, nor hath entered in the heart of man what God has in store for those who love him. See, God's desire is to show us amazing, wonderful, fantastic things that can only happen through a powerful, omnipotent God. His desire is for you and I to know his blessing in a great way. That's what this reaping will do for us. That's the idea. If we will sow unto the Spirit, we shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And look what he says there in verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. And I want to focus on those, last, or those two things that are around that ye shall reap concept. Let us not be weary and if ye faint not. The idea is that if we want to reap, and we should want to reap, then we have to work with God in getting us to the place where reaping is a possibility. Not only a possibility, but it's a promise from an omnipotent God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. So when God puts forth his reaping, it's phenomenal. It's much like, by the way, it is, I love the garden, and uh, it's that time of year. I love gardening time of year. I do. I can't wait to take off my shoes and socks. I go barefoot in my garden. That's just what I do. It's weird. You can think about it. I don't really care what you think. Uh, that's what I do. 
And uh, I get behind the tiller, and it hurts the first few times I'm in there. The first few days I'm in the garden, my feet will be tender and sore because I don't do much with them barefoot otherwise in my garden. And uh, so I just get behind. I love that feeling of fresh dirt on my feet. I just think it's wonderful, and I get there. And I will take a kernel of corn, one. Or I will take a bean, one. Or I will take, uh, you know, fill in the blank, a... um, zucchini since they just seem to never give up right one little seed and you put it in the ground by the way if i were going to get one kernel of corn back i wouldn't waste my time eat the kernel of corn that i've got right why bother to sow if all it's going to do is give me back what i already have i would just keep what i've got but i know that if i put that seed in the ground that that one kernel of corn will bring me i don't know three four ears on one stalk and each of those ears will have how many kernels i don't know i've never bothered to count i don't take the time to count i'm too busy eating it do you understand uh zucchini how many zucchini can you cut off of one zucchini plant it just keeps coming back and keeps coming back and people bring zucchini into the church by the five gallon buckets in the first week they're all gone the second week most of them are gone the third week they just kind of start sitting there and we just have to start doing something with them because There's just more zucchini than anybody knows what to do with, right? Uh, That's the idea. God wants us to reap. And I have never sown a seed in my garden and said, well, I hope that doesn't do anything. I always anticipate a wonderful crop. Do you understand? Uh, In fact, I work diligently to try and make sure that I have a wonderful crop. I try to keep the weeds down, and I try to make sure that I never water my garden. I just don't. I don't have time, and my garden's way away from the spigot. It's just too much of a hassle. But I do put stuff on it for, because we have these wonderful things, thanks to our government who thought they would do us a favor. Years ago, we were fighting tomato aphids. Remember that? You know what we did to fight tomato aphids? We brought in Japanese beetles, because that's what they eat. So now, how many of you just love Japanese beetles if you have a garden? Yeah, they just eat your garden to pieces. So you have to put spray stuff on there to keep them from eating your beans up, because otherwise your beans don't produce very well. So, you know, I'll get out there and spray stuff on my uh, beans, but I don't water my garden, but I just try to tend it and take care of it. Because I anticipate now, we used to can, we don't can anymore, we're lazy. So at the end of this summer, I will be announcing, I've got beans hanging out there. If you go pick them, they're yours. I'm not going to pick them for you because I'm going to pick the three or four messes that we're going to eat of fresh green beans as a family, and then we're done, right? We're done. And literally five-gallon bucketfuls of beans have gone to waste in my garden before uh, because people don't want to go out there and pick them. I'm not going to either. You know, you pick them yourself, but they're there. They're going to hang there. I just love planting and growing, and I like watching it come up and, and seeing what's going to happen. This is what God wants from all of us in our spiritual life. God wants our lives to be meaningful. He wants us to wake up every morning and say, oh, look, I'm weird. I I know I'm weird. I'll plant my garden, and the next day, I'm going to go look at my garden. (laughs) What do I see? Nothing. I see, I mean, I couldn't even see the rows if I didn't have them marked. I'll mark the rows because I want to make sure that I know where they are. And, uh, but I will do that. And you can ask my wife. I'll usually go out there two or three times every day. And I'll go the second day, I'll go the third day, I'll go the fourth day, but one day it happens. One of those days, and I never know when it's going to be, it's never always the exact same day, because it depends on the weather and so many things that I can't control, but I will walk out there, 
and just the tiniest little, sometimes it's not even something I can see yet other than the dirt has moved. Have you ever seen that? Where like the dirt has started to crack and, and there's something under the dirt. And so you go out there and you tip over the dirt and there's that little stalk just getting ready to come up. I just get so excited. Like, yes, it's, it's growing. And from that point forward, it's just like, yes, and just let it grow. I think it's fun. I enjoy that. That's the impress, or that's the, uh, approach that God wants you and I to have our spiritual walk. You know, every day we're, we're going out there, we, we plant it, we spend some time, we're going to tend this thing, and then we anticipate a great harvest. And by the way, here's what the Bible says. We will get that great harvest if two things are true. We don't get weary in well-doing, and if we don't faint. I remember one year we were busy as a church. We got busy doing some stuff. It was horrible. My garden at that time was right behind what's now the fellowship hall. I've moved my garden since several years ago. Some of you never even knew my garden was ever there. You haven't been here long enough. So we were going to re-roof the fellowship hall ourselves. And uh, we did. It was great. So that meant all the men up there working were looking right down on my garden. And that year, I mean, we were just busy with that, and, th- and I got distracted from stuff, and once weeds take over, and I had weeds this high and beans this high, and, I'm not, and it, was, it was embarrassing, and it was, Pastor, your garden's not looking very good. Yeah, I know, it's not. It, just, it was, you know what? If you grow weary, or if you faint, you know how much I got out of my garden that year that was useful? I may as well have kept the seed that I planted. I had so little that came out of that garden that year that was useful. It just wasn't there. You and I, if we do not stay the course, if we're not focused and making sure that we're following through, we cannot faint in the middle of this or we come to the end and we're disappointed. But if we will not grow weary and if we will not faint, God promises a harvest. And his harvest is good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's God's harvest. So what I want to do today is talk to us about how to get to that harvest. How do you keep yourself from getting worn out in this spiritual walk and getting to the place where you just throw up your hands and say, I quit, I'm done, I'm fainting. All of us know someone who used to come to church, used to serve the Lord, used to be involved in ministry, and something happened. And we sat there, and and we try to think it through. What happened? And it's hard to put our finger on it sometimes. Sometimes it's sin. We know that sin creeps in and just distracts somebody, and they're they're off now living in sin. But some people just quit. They just quit. What happened? They got tired. What happened? They fainted. And at some point, they did that, and they missed out on the the great reaping that's going to come. Now listen, I have put an agenda before us as a church that is exhausting just to think about. I just told you we need 17 Sundays just to have meetings to get ready for the summer. You know, I, I know that what we're about to embark upon is going to be time-consuming and it's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And I know that if we grow weary, we're going to faint and we will come to the conclusion that God's ministry wasn't worth it. It didn't work. If we don't see this through to the end, we miss out. So what I want to do is talk about how we keep from getting tired and how we keep from fainting. 
and that's what we're going to look at today. First of all, what are the uh, fruits? What's the reaping that God wants, to, wants us to have? Don't make this hard. Fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness. Can you think of anything beyond that list that would still be included in there? Fellowship and friendship. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Say it again. Converts, souls, absolutely. Souls and fellowship and friendships and all these things that are taught in the Bible. This is where God wants our lives to be. Well, who in this room doesn't want these things? I don't want love, Pastor. I'm done. I've, got, I've, had, I've had enough joy for the rest of my life. If I'm miserable from here on out, I'm okay. Nobody in this room thinks that way. You know, of course we want what God wants us to have. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering. I can prove it. We spend billions of dollars in America to get those things. We do. Billions. Think of all of the things that are spent to try to bring joy into people's lives. Billions of dollars. People are going. Think of all the money that is spent to try to bring peace into somebody's life. Or, or, we can simply sow unto the Spirit and of the Spirit reap all of these things that God describes as life everlasting. Love and joy and peace. This is what God wants us to have. How, Pastor, do I keep from fainting in the midst of all this? I'm going to buzz through some passages here, and I'll read them for you so that, and, and you can look them up if you'd like. But in Amos chapter 8 and verse 13, it's an Old Testament verse, Amos chapter 8. Here's what it says. They, they fainted for thirst. That's what the Bible says. They fainted for thirst. What's going to keep me from fainting? Well, if I need a drink, which by the way I do, can you get a drink here? Thank you. But spiritually, my soul needs a drink. Where does my soul go for a drink? As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. He is the fountain, the living water. This book, the Bible, is that fountain of water. Folks, you and I will faint if we stop developing our relationship to the God who loves us so much. You and I will grow weary and we will faint if we don't every now and again stop and get a drink from the brook that's refreshing to our soul. This is what we need. Folks, that is why we pound into our Christian life. We should be reading this Bible every day. Every day. Because I can live by a lot of things, or without a lot of things, but I cannot live without this book. Jesus said man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. This book. You and I are going to quit. We're going to grow weary of being a good husband and grow weary of being good fathers and grow weary of being good church members if we do not take a drink from the water of life that's going to refresh our soul occasionally. Are you getting tired, Christian? Because how long has it been since you've opened up that Bible and let God minister to your soul? 
how long has it been since it's become more than just a, oh, it's Saturday night, I need to get ready for my Sunday school lesson. But it's that my soul needs to be refreshed, lest I quit being the man that God has called me to be. I grow weary in well-doing, and I never get to see the great joy of the harvest. You know, what makes the work worthwhile, folks, is the harvest. Nobody is sitting down, you know, there's nothing like a fresh tomato from your garden, right? If you've ever bought a tomato at the store, you've been sorely disappointed. Some of you, that's all you've ever known. You're like, I don't like tomatoes. I can tell you why. You've never had one. I mean, what you buy at the store is like chewing on cork. It's, it's just, it's dry and tasteless. It's nasty. But man, when you get a garden fresh tomato, and it's just nothing like it, and fresh corn on the cob, and you know, I have never sat down with my, uh, my tomato and peanut butter sandwich. You ever have that? I know that sounds nasty, but don't knock it till you tried it. Trust me. My wife introduced me to that. It is good. I am telling you, it's good. So you got your tomato, and you've got your, you know, or a bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich. We have bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwiches every week for the month of July and August, and then we never have them again until next summer. Who cares after that? They're just nasty after that. But then, boy, you just can't get enough of them. I mean, I eat so many tomatoes, my mouth gets sores, you know? And I wait another couple days, and I eat some more tomatoes. I know what's coming. I don't care. I love them. And I've never sat there with those tomatoes and that corn on the cob and said to myself, that garden was just too much work. I'm not doing it next year. No, I've never reached that point yet. I know I might. I'm going to get older, and my body's going to say, you can't keep it up. Right now, I can keep it up, and I'm going to keep doing it. I want, because that fruit is more valuable to me than the labor that goes into it. You understand? But I will grow weary if I never stop to get a drink. If I never stop to feast, my body would say, you're done. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever overdone it? And where your body is just like, I remember one day a couple summers ago, I, I'm, I've never had this problem. A couple summers ago, I just got lightheaded. I thought, man, I'm about to fall over. And I'm, I don't even like Gatorade very well. But I thought, I, I probably need, I hadn't had anything to drink. I thought, I probably need some electrolytes. And I took, I'm not making this up. I took like three drinks of Gatorade, and I thought I could run a marathon. I felt great. It's amazing what the right stuff does to refresh you. It's incredible. And so if you're here this morning, and you're spiritually tired, you're pastor, I'm just, I'm about ready to throw in the towel. I'm just tired. I don't want to fight anymore. The Christian walk has become a burden instead of a joy. And you're ready to quit. Then maybe what you need to do is stop and take a nice long drink and let the Holy Spirit of God refresh your heart. That's how you keep from fainting. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, most of you can quote this verse with me. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not be weary. They shall Walk and what? Not faint. How do I learn not to faint? And that is to learn to wait upon the Lord.
And I tell you, sometimes that's tough. You know, if you've ever put out the garden, you know, sometimes that's, a, Lord, are we going to get some rain? Or, Lord, is it going to quit raining? Or, uh, you know, I, I go out there every morning. I look to see if there's anything. And I, you just, you've got to wait upon the Lord. But they that wait upon the Lord, their strength is renewed. They that wait upon the Lord, they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. How do we start into these ministries, Pastor, that we're doing? Sunday school teacher, are you ready just to quit? Do you think God wants you to? Or do you think rather than that, God would want you to drink in some nice cool water from his word? And to feast upon his word and then to be patient and wait upon the Lord. And let him renew our strength. That's what God wants to do. How do we keep from fainting? Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 16 says, Fear not, fear thou not, and to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. Or the word often translated is faint, right there. How do we do that? We quit fearing. You know, I know people who are so afraid of everything in life that it gets in the way of doing anything worthwhile. For instance, uh, in my garden, I told you last Sunday how my feelings on spiders, and I told you, didn't I tell you, was this, was this Sunday or was it Wednesday night? Anybody remember? Sunday, it was Sunday, okay, good. So I told you, you know, every time you step on the ground, right, you're stepping according to what I read in this science magazine, uh, that you're stepping on like 12 spiders or something like that. I don't remember how many it was. There are so many spiders on the planet. By the way, I, I, I Googled it, because you know, now you can Google things. I was reading the passage of Scripture about the numbers of hairs on your heads, and I thought, I wonder how many hairs are on a person's head, besides mine, on a person's head. <laughs> how many hairs? What do you think? 150,000 is the average. 150,000. I'm well below average. 150,000 is the average, all right? Well, then, there's also this passage about the birds, and God cares for the birds. And I thought, I wonder how many birds are on the planet. So how many birds, not species of birds, how many birds are on the planet? Science doesn't know. Nobody can count them, right? No. But just as a guesstimate. You know what the guesstimate is? What do you think? 400 billion. That's a lot of birds. What, am I, what I'm getting to is that insects outnumber the birds. Yeah, you're going to. So when you step, you're stepping on everything that you don't want to touch. And if I thought about that too much, it might keep me out of my garden. Right? Fear will keep you from doing what God wants you to do. And you'll never get to the reaping place. Some of you are petrified by the idea of certain aspects of ministry. And so you sit on your hands and never want to ever let anyone think that you're volunteering for anything because fear is keeping you from sowing seed. And if you don't sow, you don't reap. And God's desire is for us to reap. In fact, he says it's so important, we should be sure that we don't grow weary and we don't faint lest we don't reap. Because we're not reaping, we're missing out on love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. All these wonderful things God wants to bring into our lives. Fear not, God said in Zechariah. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus says this. 
says, he spake a parable unto them, that to this end, men ought always to what? And not faint. Pray. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Now, you can ask Pastor Andrew. He's been around here long enough to know this. Tuesday night for teens. We're a church that doesn't have a gym. And we're going to have 70 teenagers here on every Tuesday night this summer-ish. Sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but it's going to be right around in that area. And we don't have anything to do with them unless it's outside. You know, they come, we're going to play games, and we have to be outside because we don't, I mean, this is the, this is the big room in our building. This is it. And uh, the pews kind of get in the way for anything else, and so we're kind of, we need to be outside. And the number of Tuesday nights that at 4 o'clock you can just watch the storm clouds rolling in. <laughs> and we're sitting there thinking, okay, we need to back up and we need to make plans. We, we still try to make plans. What are we going to do if we get 70 teenagers here? And, and it's, now, we play in the rain. We play in the rain because we have to. We don't play in the lightning-ish. We don't play in the lightning. But we, don't, but, we, but we play in the rain, right? That's just what we do. We have to. So, I mean, and actually some of the best TNTs we've ever had have been rain. But storms will drive us inside. And the number of Tuesdays in 26 years of doing TNT that we have been driven inside, you can count on one hand. Because what we do is we pray. Lord, you know what we're trying to do, and there's going to be some unsaved teenagers here, and they're going to need to hear the gospel. We'd love to share it with them, but it's hard to do unless you give us the right weather. And it's amazing, about 6.30, 6.45, as we're signing teenagers in, the sun comes breaking through the clouds. Like, wow, it's glorious. Now it's wet and muddy, but we don't care. It's, they're gonna, we're sending them home to you, so what do we care? You know? <laughs> They're just wet and muddy. But, you know, this is how you get to reaping, is you pray. I can't control the weather. I can't, I mean, I can do a lot for my garden, but I can't change what the weather does. I can't. If, if we get a harvest, it's because God brings the increase. Do you understand? Because I can't control that part of it. I do nothing but drop the seed in the ground. I have no clue what happens scientifically, to make that happen and produce fruit. I don't know, but God created it that way. God's the one that invented the process. So he does understand it. So you and I, when we get involved in ministry, we're tempted to get tired, and we're tempted to quit, we're tempted to throw in the towel. At that moment, rather than quit, what do we do? Men ought always to pray and not faint. Ought always to pray. How's our prayer life? How's our devotional life? How's our connection to the Lord? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 1, it says this, Therefore, seeing that we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now listen to what he says. We're doing this ministry, and here's how we do this ministry. Not on our own strength. If Southeast Baptist Tabernacle tries to gut it out, and we try to produce fruit, we would fail. We can't produce fruit. Not in our ability. But as we have received mercy from God, as we are depending upon God to do what we cannot, we faint not. So we stay involved in the ministry. Stick with it. Don't quit. 
And instead of relying, oh, I've got to do this, because if I don't do this, then it won't work. Wait a minute. Who is the one upon whom the ministry is dependent? It's not us, right? I mean, if I die today, Southeast Baptist Tabernacle, well, you may have a funeral for me, and you may mourn, I hope, a little bit. But if I die today, guess what you're doing next Sunday? You're meeting here and worshiping God. Because it's not about me. It's not about you and your Sunday school class, or your children's church, or your kids for truth. We don't do this in our own strength. But as we have gotten mercy from God, we do this ministry rather than faint. That's what the Apostle Paul says. Trust in him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 says this, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Now listen to what this says. This is important. Who is the him that endured such contradiction against himself? Christ, okay? Hebrews chapter 12, it's talking about Christ. Uh, as we have therefore received uh, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race with patience, right? Remember that? It's that passage of scripture. And then it's about Christ who finished the race. And then it goes on in verse 3, it says, Consider him who had this great contradiction against himself, but listen to how the, phrase, how the verse ends. Lest ye, you and I, lest we be wearied and faint in our minds. You know, folks, if you and I don't stop and think about Christ every now and then, why are you here? Because it's obligation? Because you like the friendliness? Because you like the coffee we make? Why are you here? And if you and I don't stop and consider him, think about Christ, who died for us, the Christ who is the only one worthy of us working ourselves to weariness. If we do not keep in mind why we are doing this, if, you, if your family starts becoming a burden and you don't stop and ponder Christ, why am I doing this with my family? I feel like I'm hitting my head against a brick wall sometimes. Why am I Because Christ died for me. And he is worthy of my faithful service. And if we stop considering Christ, if you're here for your pastor, if you've let me guilt you into doing something at our church, you'll quit real quick. Wrong reason. But if we consider him, then we will not grow weary. But if we fail to, we will, we will grow weary in our minds and faint, and it's not a good ending. Last one is back to Galatians chapter 6. Are you there still? Galatians chapter 6. You know how you keep from fainting? Sometimes, especially us guys, listen up, men. Sometimes you have to admit, I need some help. I can't do this alone. Look at verse 2. See what it says? Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You tired? Are you ready to faint? If you do that, if you stop, if you quit, you're going to miss out on all the great reaping that is ahead, and the reaping is worth it. 
And so Paul puts this warning. Don't grow weary and don't faint or you won't reap. What God wants is for you and I to sit at, the, at his spiritual table and feast on all the wonderful reaping that will be coming. It's coming. Wait upon the Lord. It's coming. And it's like your garden. When you get it, it's going to be like nothing you've ever been able to buy at the store. It's not the same. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please.